From all of us at NRPR Group, welcome to Perfect Pitch. I'm your host, Nicole Rodriguez, the CEO and founder of NRPR Group. Here on Perfect Pitch, I interview top members of the media to discuss the tips, tricks, and tactics that PR pros and executives need to perfect their pitch and close really great stories. Welcome to another episode of Perfect Pitch. I'm your host, Nicole Rodriguez. For those of you who've already joined us before, you know how much I love interviewing media and looking behind the curtain on their day-to-day and finding out how they got to where they were and what makes a great pitch for them. Today, I'm really excited to welcome Tara Seals. She is the senior editor at ThreatPost and has over 20 years of experience as a journalist. She's written for places like Fierce Wireless, SDX Central, and currently serves as the senior editor now, but has so many years of working with PR people that she's going to help us learn about. We're going to learn what makes a great story for her, what some of the good and bad experiences she's had with PR people, and we're going to pick that brain of her. So with that being said, Tara, I'm so excited to welcome you to the show, and thank you for giving us your time. Yeah, no, thanks so much, Nicole. I'm excited to be here. I love it. I love it. All right, so 20 years as a journalist, and you are in cybersecurity. How did that happen? Yeah, so I didn't start out here. I basically, I mean, to kind of go back a little further, I was an English major, right? And then uh, when you graduate college as an English major, there, I mean, there are a wide range of things that you can end up doing. And I ended up in marketing of all things for uh, quite a while. And in the course of that, I started ghostwriting articles for various publications and things like that. And so that eventually seeded into the career that I have now. And because that company happened to be a tech company, so all the publications I was placing articles into were tech publications. And so that's how I kind of started honing my experience a little bit there. Started off uh, kind of in communications and wireless technology and carrier and enterprise uh, networks and, and various types of technology, um, and then kind of seeded into consumer video space for a little while. And then I got laid off and started freelancing. And one of the places I was freelancing with happened to do cybersecurity. And it wasn't too much of a pivot because my enterprise technology expertise was already there. And so it really was just kind of a different flavor of the stuff I already knew. And so I've been doing this for um, nine years now, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I'm telling you, cybersecurity is actually really hot, especially now, right? There's a data breach just about every day, um, oh, yeah. you know, and, and so much. It's, it's almost hard to keep up with it, right? And I think we're, we're finding even now that uh, breaches are happening. We're finding out late after it's happening ha- happened when the threat's already in and you almost can't get it out. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's insane. I mean, honestly, just the sheer volume of different types of cyber attacks. And it's not just data breaches either. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have malware attacks like what we saw with the solar winds um, yep. situation that's been in the headlines recently. You know, there's always something that's happening on the cyber front. And there's also this other thing that's going on, which also mm-hmm. relates to solar winds, which is basically, you know, there's a new flavor of Cold War happening right now where you have the nation states are basically dueling it out by proxy using cyber attacks and includes the U.S., by the way. So, you know, you have a lot of stuff going on on that level. And then you just have your basic sort of financially motivated people who are trying to scam 
people are steal information and things like that. So there's a broad range of players here and the volumes are just increasing every single day. So there's there's a ton to report on and a ton to pitch about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that being said, I mean, because there is so much, it's like, and I'll be honest, it's, it's really sad. You know, one of my grandfather fell, you know, victim to a cyber sort of scam, if you will, Mm -hmm. and ended up wiring over $6,000 to. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, awful, 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 because he was doing it out of the kindness of his heart. He thought it was for my brother. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, it's almost like he didn't realize and he didn't even think to call me. And I'm like, no way. Like, no, my brother never needed. Yeah. So it's really heartbreaking. I know that the young kids and the elderly are really being targeted for some of those types of things. And uh, so, so I think what you're doing is really important. I think just so that people have a general understanding as to, you know, what threat post is here to do for the, its readers and audiences. Why don't you go into a little bit about what it is and what people can learn when they go on to threat post? What we specialize in, as you can tell by the title threat post, is <laughs> <some> posting news <laughs> about threats. Yes. Um, so there's a psychology perspective here in terms of who we're trying to reach, right? So definitely talking to a more tech savvy, cyber savvy enterprise type of audience. But we also want to be a resource for the reasons that you just laid out for people who are just looking for basic information about what threats are circulating, what they should look out for, you know, more consumer side stuff. That's less of what we do, but we definitely see that as an important part of our mission. You know, we post news every day. We also try to deliver in, um, in terms of other vehicles like podcasts and webinars and videos and things like that. For the PR people who are listening, right, and maybe they have a client in cybersecurity or they're whatever, maybe there's, there's a B2B thing there. I want to make sure, too, that they're clear on what makes this a good target for their client. And one of the things that I like to do is decipher between whether or not they're really big on covering news trends, both. So Mm -hmm. would you say that threat post, I mean, from what I've seen, there's a lot of news, obviously, that you guys cover, but I think because of security, it's almost like by default, there's got to be, you know, trend pieces in there about what's going on with with security attacks and all of that. So how would you say that balance is on on the site? Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. So, um, you know, we don't we don't really post uh, commercial news. And this goes to your first question about what's pitch me, basically. So, yeah, so if there's a new product platform or there's a personnel announcement or you know an improvement, that's not anything that we would ever cover. So right. what we do do, however, is we cover threat intelligence and what's going on from a news perspective. As you said, there's a, mm-hmm. a lot of news. We post about mm, four to five pieces a day that is just news of the day, right? And we always look for perspectives on that news of the day. So if a PR professional has a source that has a great background and a lot of expertise surrounding a certain news item, absolutely ping me and let me know if they have some commentary or are willing to hop on the phone for five minutes, that type of thing, just for a really quick hot take that I can just put in that story for some additional context, right? That's a large part of what we do. We do absolutely cover trends and take uh, a more evergreen approach to some of the, the larger things that are building out there. And that's your heavy lift pieces like ebooks. And we do do roundtables and feature articles on the site as well. But we have, you know, webinars and podcasts, as I mentioned, and we're starting up some video stuff again soon. And so 
all of these other pieces are sort of the heavier lifts like deeper content. Love it. I, I think I might have have someone for you. I think um, Glenn Day, who is the CEO of EnvisionX, is probably one of the most brilliant people that I know when it comes to what's happening with cybersecurity and threats. He's really smart. He was a math major and this like brilliant, brilliant CEO. And, uh, you know, he's talked to me about cybersecurity and it's like taken me into it's like you go deep into the matrix with him. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah. 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 I, Those I'll are fun conversations him. to have for sure. Definitely. Oh, my gosh. So, I, I love this. I'm glad that like this is coming up too, because again, threat posts, people, and this is again what I, what I try to tell PR people that I am mentoring or whatever don't just look at the name of the outlet and assume that they care. Mm-hmm. Look That's at, right. at yes. what is deep in it. Do they care about? opinions? Do they care about data? Do they Mm -hmm. care about whether or not you're a security company that's raised money? And from what you've said, it's like, no. So you know what I mean? It's like, no, we're not going to cover if this data security company, you know, closed 50 million. I want to know what this opinion is on this huge attack that just happened. Can someone give me an educated uh, opinion? Right. So looking for sources. And so I think it's really important that that's that's the whole point of doing homework and listening to podcasts like these. Right. And listening to people like you actually share like what's really going on. Yeah, well, and it's interesting too, because, you know, my my inbox is completely flooded and that's a function of the fact that there's just so much going on in cybersecurity, but there are also a lot of companies that are in this space as well, because it is a growing space. There's a lot of venture capital out there for them to, to snag. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a couple of unicorns that are well-known out there that are doing really, really well. Lots of PR work, lots of outreach, lots of uh, companies want, wanting to tell me about themselves. And so, you know, it's very much a glut. And so uh, the more homework you can do and do better targeting towards me, the more those emails will stand out, right? So, yeah. And do you see that when you, when you're mentoring people, do you kind of have to bring them along and that? Absolutely. And, you know, especially the ones who come in with, um, I'll tell you, with like two or three years of experience and they were already somewhere else and there wasn't a lot of mentoring going on. And so they were taught to blast based on Mm -hmm. a name. They were taught to blast based on the name of an agency or not an agency, but an outlet and a name. And oh, just because they saw the name. And I'm like, how many articles did you read of that person? And my thing is no less than three. Do not pitch someone if you haven't read at least three. And for the most part, you go onto someone's, you know, a website, click on the person's name. You can see all the headlines under their name. Right. And so- That's where I'm like, I would much rather see you write 30 great pitches in a, in a week, 30 great, than say, Hey, I got, I got it up to 300 people. Let's see what happens. That's not how relationships (laughs) are formed. It's, it's, they're formed through information. They're formed by showing a journalist that you care about what they do on a day to day. Mm -hmm. I care so much about what you do that I don't want to give you stuff that you don't want. And it's much harder to break that out of people because it's not a it's not common where a lot of senior people in PR are like literally mentoring the juniors and I I, mm. I, I take great responsibility in that because I it was almost like what I wanted as I was gr- growing through and I'm like I, I think this is the right target but the VPs are too busy for me so I'm just gonna guess and it's like yeah. That's when I really started getting into homework and I would go back to my bosses and I'm like, these are my 10 pitches. I'm not sending this to a hundred. 
it doesn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. And they actually appreciated the pushback. I was like, honestly, I'm just not going to do it. I, I, I don't feel right. But these 10 people, I swear, I feel good that each of these 10 people is right. And if you like, so they actually let me kind of pave my own way, you know, in an agency, it's Mm -hmm. normally like put together a list, make sure there's a couple hundred and make sure you just get it out to everybody. And then nobody's checking. Right. That's like, yeah, yeah, there's probably not a lot of um, feedback loop to see, you know, what's successful and all that. Yeah. yeah, So I started talking to media really early on and I realized if I just ask the questions, they're going to tell me what they want. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing how that works. It's amazing how that works. So with that being said, you know, you have a, an inbox that just probably never sleeps, right? You wake up and there's more. (laughs) What makes a good pitch really stand out for you as you're looking at subject lines or you're looking at things, you know, what is it that, that can um, one capture your attention and then two, when you're reading the pitch, what's good, right? Like what, what do you like when you, when you read these? So, I mean, I think from a subject line standpoint, it's all about keywords, right? And it kind of has to be you know, if it's too clever or too cute, then I, I kind of don't, you know, it's like this is gimmicky, mm-hmm. um, kind of tempted not to open it. But if it has something like, you know, news, colon, and then has keywords that I would be looking for, like, you know, malware discovered in Netflix app or something like that, mm-hmm. um, which would be really good SEO. Yeah, right? You're like, oh, I would totally. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're like, um, that would get opened. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I definitely look at the subject lines from a keyword topic type of standpoint, first and foremost, which I mean, that, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, SEO is real. That's a real yeah. thing for everyone, you know, and I, I get it totally. Yeah. And then, and then once I click open the email, if it appears to be targeted towards something that I would be writing about, if the person seems to, to your point earlier, seems to understand, you know, what it is that I write about, what it is that I would be interested in, then obviously, then we, we're off to the races. We, we're starting a relationship here. And, and the more that I hone those relationships with my PR people too, like I have personal relationships with a lot of people on the dark side as we call it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's and, like on um, the other side. So I know, I know who is aware of what I write about and how they can help me out. Right. And yeah. they'll send me like embargoed news or they'll offer to comment on a, a, you know, again, one of those hot takes I was talking about. I mean, it's a lot of relationship building. So if I get an email from one of those folks, then yes, I will open it automatically because I know them. Right. And we work together. So. Yeah. And that's like in my mind, and this is what, you know, I, I let the team know. It's like, you want to get on their VIP list. How do you get on their VIP list? By not giving them crap, giving them things that they need and <laughs> continuously delivering that so that right. it's almost like that becomes a trend. When something from Jessica comes into my inbox, I know I can count on it and be able to give a yes or a no. Because sometimes it's like, oh, this might work, but this might be a stretch. If you feel like it might be a stretch, be honest and upfront. Hey, I feel like this part could work, but if it's too much, like no problem. I just thought I would run it by you. And that at least is like, you don't give them a full pitch. You know, that's what I tell them. Like, if you think this might be something worth their while, just ask. And then if they say yes, then you give them the rest and don't Mm. bother if they don't, you know. Yeah, that's that's a really savvy approach because also, I mean, if you think about it, I can just scan a paragraph and get the gist of it and figure out if I want to know more or not. And I mean, that's super helpful. 
and respectful of, of my yes. time, right? Yes. So I, like, oh yeah, of that bleeding inbox. I, I get it, you know? Yeah. And that's part of why like with Perfect Pitch, it's like, I want to do my part to stop these <laughs> terrible spammy emails from getting into journalists' inboxes so that yeah. we can all, it's almost like this euphoric state that I'm thinking that we can all <laughs> where it's like the only thing you get in your inbox is really solid gold story ideas. <laughs> that that is you know? truly a utopia, <laughs> Nicole. I don't know yes. if we're ever gonna get there, but I like I like where you're going. Doing my it. part. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So you know, speaking of relationships, knowing that you know sometimes PR people are going to be able to give give you what you need, and sometimes you might have something that you think maybe they might have a resource. How often do you go back to some of your trusted sources and say, look, this might not be any of your clients, but do you know anyone who does X? And do you feel like that's that's worked well for you? Yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. There have been times, especially if I'm writing um, you know, a feature story, for example, and I don't have any active pitches to kind of immediately work from, then yeah, I'll go to, I'll go to my contacts and say, Hey, do you have clients that do this? Because I could use a source on X, Y, Z. Now I'm writing a feature article about this. I'll give them the article abstract, yeah. tell them the types of sources that I'm looking for, like, you know, vendor neutral, someone who can comment on, you know, whatever trends and give them some guidance and then ask if they have clients that would fulfill. Love it. Love it. Yeah. No, and I think it's good that people also know that, that even if it doesn't benefit one of your clients right then and there, if it helps the journalist that in the long run is it's, it's golden, you know? So mm-hmm. I always say that it's, it's not about what client you're helping. It's what journalists that you're helping with what they need so that it's, it's sort of like that becomes, it just becomes a relationship that you can count on for, you know, when, when things really do come up. So I think that that's really important to just, you know, it's yeah. the, the reciprocity ring where it's like, okay, Hey, I have something for you, but if you have something for me, I will go and try to find a resource for you. I think it's so important. So do you have any fun stories that you could share about how a PR person has made your life easier? Uh, well, I don't know if the fun stories. Hey, yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's like, I was up against this deadline and <laughs> A memorable story. We'll we'll use that word. Yeah. I mean, well, yes. I mean, you know, there have been um, multiple times when somebody has swooped in at the last minute to help me out. Um, like I'm under deadline for a feature article that I may or may not have started earlier. <laughs> you know, so might be right? kind of behind on it mm-hmm. and have to talk to somebody like an hour before I file. Like that is, you know. I wouldn't say it's common, but it's not uncommon either. You know, we're all busy in our lives. Um, but so, yes. So uh, it's always nice when I can have a sort of white night uh, PR person. Come totally. Like me. come to the rescue. And are there specific days in your sort of editorial cycle that are busier than others? Yes. Well, I mean, in cybersecurity, there's something called Patch Tuesday, which is when Microsoft releases its monthly security fixes. And Mm -hmm. so that's always a huge day because it's not just Microsoft. You have other companies like Adobe and Oracle and some of the other tech giants, basically, that um, have decided to pile on to that same day. Mm -hmm. So once a month, you have this the second Tuesday of every month and you just have this glut of I mean, it's just a nightmare. Yes, I can't. Yeah. Trying to parse through. 
Um, but this, honestly, this is another uh, PR rescue story here, though, is that the nice thing about Hatch Tuesday is that you do have PR people that are willing to get you sources that can break down what some of these vulnerabilities are, yeah, how dangerous they are, which ones should be prioritized, because Microsoft doesn't give you any of that information. It's just the plain vanilla, this is a problem, and, here it is. and here it is, no context for it, um, you know, nothing. And so uh, that's when the PR engine really becomes important for sure. And that's, oh, love uh, it. yeah, that's, I mean, that's a huge help for, for me as a journalist when I'm covering that. Definitely. Well, and, and so what that is too, is PR people recognizing that, look, this is a trend for you. This is an ongoing once a month. This is something that you are always going to cover because this is what Microsoft and Adobe and whatever have basically created. So mm-hmm. I'm going to attach to that by saying when they, I don't know, release this, here's an executive, they can speak on these three things and that they almost like get their executive ready so that they're paying attention as soon as those announcements go out. And it's like, okay, this person could really just, I don't know, break it down in, in plain, plain human words. This is what this means in Microsoft, right? Yes. It's almost like yes. Google Translate. Um, you can speak Microsoft. Yes, yeah, speak Microsoft. But right. but that's smart, right? It, to where they don't need an announcement. Microsoft puts out that announcement once a month. They yeah. already know it's coming. So here we go. And I, I love that. I love that PR people have been savvy enough to recognize that and be there for you when when that happens. I think that's great. Yeah, no, it really, it really does work well. And um, you know, another point that I would I would make that's related to this idea too is that you know it's one thing to say I have an executive that can comment on this uh, at any time, yeah. you know, or even even offer like a cans quote as a starting point maybe or something. But often though, here's the pitfall: is that you better make sure that the sources are actually available because I can't tell you how many times somebody's like I have so and so that comment uh, quickly on something. And I'll say, okay, well, what about this? And I won't get an answer back to the next day. And it's like, but I, I had to file. It's yeah. news. It's daily news. Like, I can't, I can't wait a day for this person to weigh in on this, you know? So um, I would say for your youngsters coming up through the system, um, mm-hmm. just make sure, don't, don't overpromise. Uh, you know, just make sure that your sources are actually there and willing to swing into action. That is such, and, and I'll tell you from behind the scenes, that is such an interesting, like, just bit of information. Why? Because oftentimes in the chain of command, especially at PR firms, okay, it, traditional, like, well, I believe me, I worked at multiple firms before starting my own. And there were so many things that happened in the chain of command that was so unnatural. Mm. You have a manager, mid-level, whatever, saying, hey, this thing is happening with Microsoft tomorrow. Go ahead and offer... So and so, without checking with them. Uh, yeah, see, <laughs> that's yeah, that's not good. So it's because they're like, oh, this is a good idea. They're not thinking client relations, media right. relations. You're basically creating, like, it's like matchmaking. Like, hey, I'm going to set you up yeah. on a date, but I'm not going to tell Bob he is being <laughs> committed to this date. Okay, but I'm like. Hey, guess what? He can totally show up. He's going to meet you for that coffee. And then it's like, (laughs) stood up, didn't hear anything, totally ghosted. Right. And so I just, I love the fact that you have said that because to me, it's 
no one will get direction until we ask the CEO whether or not they're even going to be in town or they're going to be available. Can you take an email interview if you're going to be out of town because this is happening? Mm -hmm. It's communication across the board and coordination. Yeah, coordination and communication. And and that's what both sides of our 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 situation are in, right? We're in yeah. the communications business. That's what we yeah. do. So <laughs> you know. now I, I understand that vendors don't always get the memo. I understand, you know, but, mm-hmm. but I think that, you know, we do try to do the outreach. And so hopefully, you know, you can work with your clients and just uh, make sure that you have a stable of them that are willing to do this, ready to go, right? So. Yeah, definitely. And so, and when it comes to social media, with regards to relationship building and always keeping in mind those sensitivities, I always like to ask different media what their opinions are in terms of how people interact with you on social media. For me, my closest media friends, I'll follow on Facebook because I feel like on Facebook, it's more, I share more personal stuff. I'll Mm -hmm. obviously share things about the agency, but you see more of Nicole as Nicole on Facebook versus on Instagram. It's definitely a lot more. I don't even post on Instagram very often because I'm like, what am I doing? I'm sitting at home working during COVID. You know, it's like, (laughs) oh, here's another one selfie. But, you know, I just feel like on Twitter, what I like to do with media friends is show them that I'm reading their stuff. Mm -hmm. They're sharing. You like, you retweet, you give a little opinion like, wow, that was actually amazing. I can't believe they did X. What do you say about PR people who want to build relationships with you outside of email? Any recommendations or tips that you would give them? Yeah. I mean, much like you, uh, Facebook is more of a personal thing for me. I don't, I don't just friend everybody, um, you know, and so, but I do, but I am close friends with a lot of PR people, you know, so they're people that I know professionally that have become close friends. And so now we're Facebook friends. It's like, it gets that, it's that, that little, yeah. you make it into the VIP. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh, you get to go in the Facebook circle now. Right. (laughs) So so there's that. Um, And that's, you know, obviously just personal relationship stuff. And it's great. Twitter, I am terrible at Twitter. And I know I, I shouldn't be. But I kind of find it like a cesspool, and so I don't really enjoy spending a lot of time on it. Yeah. Um, so for my personal handle, I don't really do a lot. Although I really do need to. I really do need to because I understand this is the modern world. Yeah. And this is how people like to interact, and uh, you know, it's fine. So um, that is sort of a work in progress. I do have a goal for 2021 to, you know, up my uh, my Twitter, Twitter game. Well, let me know. I'll go in yeah. there and I'll like, 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 and reshare and. <laughs> I'll do it. I will yeah. do it. No problem. You send me an email. Hey, I just tweeted. Where's yeah. you retweet? <laughs> I'm in. I am so in. <laughs> I, well, that's good to know. That's encouraging me to, yes. to make this happen. But the, um, I do, however, so we just had a team member leave. And so I inherited our Twitter feed from her. Mm-hmm. And so right now mm-hmm. I've been tweeting out everything on Threadfest. And it's really nice when somebody re- responds or replies or forwards or, you know, re- retweets, I should say, um, and all of that. And, you know, I do find that, you know, it's encouraging when somebody's actually reading your stuff to, yeah. to your point. I mean, it, it lets me know that somebody's paying attention to what Threadpost is doing. And so that's that's nice. And it does make an impression in my mind, for sure. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So with just a couple minutes to go, I want to make sure that, you know, 
One, is there anything that we didn't cover? Anything that you need the PR world to know? <laughs> Stop doing this or keep doing this. Um, you know, anything like that, that that you would want the audience to hear from you? Yeah, I mean, I would say the only other piece of advice that we really haven't covered yet is just in person. I know we can't do it right now, but um, in-person relationships are really important too. So like at conferences, you know, make an effort to see if you can have coffee with that journal that you've only really interacted with on email, you know, yeah, that type of thing. I mean, I think that that's really important. And it also helps put a name to the face, obviously, you know, which helps with getting noticed in the inbox. Definitely. What a novel idea. Yeah. Exactly. Face to face. Like what? <laughs> it's I know, like it's sending happen. a physical card. What? I got, I got vaccinated today. I love it. Good so, for you. Yes. Was it the, the single or the double you got your? Oh, it's Moderna. Yeah. So I'll okay. have to get back for a second dose. Um, but I'm Doing so excited. Part. It feels like a weight has been lifted. I'm in Massachusetts. So they have different tiers for different um, groups. Yeah. And so I became eligible earlier this week and I already got an appointment, which is fabulous. But the reason why I'm saying this is I do think that we're going to be back in person, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe in the fall time frame. And so, you know, be thinking about getting together like post COVID dinners or, like I said, even just coffee or just, you know, make it fun. Just have everybody yeah. get together and like, just, you know, share some more stories and that. Yeah. Share them. It's like, how did you make it through COVID? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, it was funny in prepping for this. Um, one of the questions was, what do you do for fun? And I'm like, it's COVID. I don't know. It's like, I cook, I exercise. I'm on podcasts like this. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, watch, I watch a lot of Netflix like everybody else does. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have right? much to say on that. <laughs> yeah, no, we were thinking about that. And then I just thought, you know what? If we don't get to it, that's probably like one of the last questions. But yeah, it's like, okay, well, what do you do? It's okay. In a post-COVID world, what will you do for COVID? <laughs> exactly. I, I love the... I love that idea. I miss trade shows. It made me yeah. sad not going to CES this year. It was so uh, weird. Yeah. So many of like the traditions that I, you know, I feel like I've had. I'm like, it's been 11 years straight. What, yeah. What's my life become? I, I mean, that was the last trade show I went to in 2020 before oh, wow. the pandemic. So January. Right? Because everything got. Wow. That's right. And so yeah. it was like, oh, it's really real. Yeah, it's really real. CES didn't happen for me. And that was that was a big, big thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to things going back to normal and, you know, mm-hmm. getting the shots. And uh, my, my daughter is the one setting me up for my appointments. I've just been so busy. I'm like, if right. mom's going to get a vaccine, here's the phone, book it on whatever app, do whatever. And um, yeah, please make it happen. You know, yes, but, yes, yes. Get it done. Yes, so we yes. can go back to normal. Totally. Go um, back to normal. Yes. Yes. So I am so, so glad, Tara, that like we got a chance to chat and I got to get to know you a little bit and pick your brain. I think this was an awesome, awesome interview. And, you know, for those people who are listening, who want to follow you and give you Twitter love or whatever, (laughs) where can people find you? Okay, so uh, ThreatPost Twitter handle is at ThreatPost, which is simple enough. Mm-hmm. My Twitter handle is an artifact from a different job in a different life. So it's Wireless okay. Winch. I love Wire- it. It's so Wireless cute. Wireless Winch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. 
I it's love it. I love it. Cybersecurity, but that's 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 who I am. So. Right. Okay. Very good. Well, you all heard that. Follow at Wireless Wench. I will make sure that I do that. <laughs> and whatever I can do to contribute to your future Twitter success. I am totally here. You can count on me to do that. All right. I'm going to take you at your word, Nicole. I'm going to be like waiting. That's right. I am going to wait for those, (laughs) for those tweets. And if you send me an email, like it, it just happened. It's happened. Go and look, (laughs) I'm clicking the link and I'm giving it the love. All right. Awesome. I love it. it. Oh, Tara, this was so, so good. Thank you so much for your time. I know how busy you are and how crowded your inbox is and how many deadlines you probably have. So thank you for taking the time to be on perfect pitch. This was fabulous. No, thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. It was really fun. And uh, I appreciate the invite and good luck with everything. And, um, you know, and I hope I hope that um, getting this podcast back up and running is going to be super fun and, and very uh, voluminous going forward. Yes, me too. We're doing our part. And for those of you who watched again, thank you so much for your time. And I hope that this was really helpful for you and that you were taking copious notes, especially about the relationship stuff that we talked about. So if you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're watching on YouTube, the subscribe button is right below. You know where to find it. Um, But thank you again for joining us for Perfect Pitch. And we will see you again later. Thank you for listening to Perfect Pitch. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, NRPR Group's YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information on Perfect Pitch and NRPR Group, please head over to our website at www.nrprgroup.com.